My name is David Hershkovitz. I'm the founder of Paper Magazine, and this is Light Culture. Listen, learn, and stay ahead of the curve as I knock heads with cultural disruptors of the past, present, and future. Light Culture is brought to you by Burb, the Vancouver-based cannabis brand. One fateful day, Kyle Nelson rolled up to a Sweet 16 party wearing a Versace suit that prompted a friend to call him Kesachi. It stuck, and he's been building his name one improbable success story after another. You might say he's been lucky, at the right place at the right time, naturally swag, fluidly moving from skate punk to teen Vogue model to rapping to becoming the face of YouTube music to partner in the fashion label when smoke clears. Yeah, he's been lucky, but there's more to it than pure luck. People say that when luck strikes, you've got to be ready to seize the moment. You might say Kyle Nelson, a.k.a. Kesachi, was born ready. Welcome, Kisachi. Hey, yo, that sounded like a like a Nardwar. How y'all got that information? <laughs> oh man, I dig, I dig. <laughs> okay, thanks. So it sounds good, right? Would you agree with that assessment that you were yes. born ready? Of course. Yeah. When did you know that you were ready, or what? What? What was happening that that gave you that impression? Honestly, I always felt that I was like not to say different, but like I've noticed in school that like it, it, I I stood out more than others, whether in the classroom or like walking down the hallway, I just, I just felt it, you know? And it took a long time for people to understand what, what my vision was trying to get out of high school. So yeah, I kind of just knew, I knew, I knew that, I knew that, that I was going to be something bigger than, you know, getting my degree. And and where were you in high school? Was it, uh, it wasn't Beverly Hills High School, right? It no, been, it, was, it, it wasn't like Euphoria. <laughs> 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 you was, wish, uh, you wish it was like Euphoria, right? Right. It was like, uh, it was called Austin High School. I went to Austin High School. That's in New York, right? In Westchester County? Yes. So were you like stood out from the crowd there right away? Yeah. Um, I played sports and stuff. I, I was, I was like, you know, medium popular, I guess. But were you swag at that time already? Yeah, you know, I, had, you I had, I had, I had everything. I was wearing like Balmain and Margella. I had, I remember Recipes Virgil. I had the um, Pyrex shorts from RSVP Gallery. Like, I, I had a lot of pieces. I had Rick. I had the Rick, uh, the all white pullover Rick sweater hoodie. Like I, I was wearing all that to high school and kids like are just now catching on to it, you know? But that's crazy. How how did you even know about it? What were your references at that point? Um, around that time I was uh I was taking trips to Soho um with a few of my friends. Like I had a friend named uh Trevor and he had took me down there. And also like my cousins, they're like really into fashion. Like my cousin Tifa, she had brought me to the BBC store early and I got uh babe shirts and BBC shirts and ice cream shirts, like, like hella early, like 2012, 2011. And then I was like super, well, also like skateboarding as well. Like put me on like Supreme and 
all that stuff. I was I was wearing Supreme in like middle school, you know. So those are two like, different, you know. At least it used to be two different ends of the spectrum, right? Supreme yeah, and Balmain, or you know, Margiela and people like yeah, that. Like trans transitioning from like streetwear, like Supreme and stuff, to like high end. I was just surfing on the internet and found Essence and like Farfetch. So I was just like, I was just like ordering. I had got a, I had got a retail job. Um, I went, as soon as I turned uh, 16, I got a retail job and I was like buying like the holographic Raph Simmons. I was like, yeah. You still have all that? No, I don't have all that anymore. I, you know, you can be we selling that now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I resold, I resold it. Um, so now I just, you know, I have a few pieces here and there, but around that time, I think, uh, Rocky was popping. So, you know, I was just paying close attention to like what, you know, everybody was doing. Obvious question maybe, but you know, these things cost a lot of money, don't they? Mm-hmm. So how did, how did you manage that side of it? You know, you had it, you got it somehow. Yeah. I got I, I, anything, anything I had to do to get it. I got it. Okay, that was got important. It, got it by any means necessary. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> and and your family, did they relate to how you were living at that time? Did they yeah, understand my, my it parents, as well? Yeah, my parents. My parents like they dressed very nice. You know, like my I mom. See. My mom had me in Burberry at a young age. Uh, I had uh, a whole lot of like Ralph Lauren, uh, Tommy Hilfiger. You know, like my 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 parents, my mom and dad. They kept me like you know up to par. I had the latest Jordans because my dad, my father's from Harlem, so you know, in fashion, being from Harlem and fashion, that's like a really big thing. Like you gotta have the latest stuff. So, did they stand uh, out in uh, in Austin for that as well? Yes. Yeah. Because that's also what Asening is, where the Sing Sing prison is there too, as well, isn't it? Yes, yeah, almost like that's like what everybody knows Asening for. Yeah, but uh, you didn't really, you, you never felt that that was your last stop, Asening. You were no, looking, I honestly, I only went to school there. I was in the city a lot, and then once I figured out, like, like, like once I graduated high school, I started traveling to like L.A., Atlanta, and just like uh, reaching out to like kids that I met on the internet and just linking up with them and just make it, and just making this a bigger, uh, what's the word? Network. network. Yeah. Network. Just making it a bigger network and just, you know, tapping in, tapping in and showing love. Yeah. So you were, you know, talking about you, you know, being ready at the right place at the right time. I mentioned a bunch of reasons I I said that, but you know you might also add this whole internet culture that was mm. being bro- born as well in the same time you were growing up, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I think my my generation currently we're like the pioneers. You know, like we were like like I got Instagram when it first came out, and then like I guess I had somebody had made a Tumblr of me. I didn't know. I didn't really know what Tumblr was, but I was pretty cool on Tumblr, I guess. And then I had a Twitter as well. So all of that stuff, you know. Added up to the putting you together to the story you are today. Did uh, Curious, did Versace ever reach out to you at all? Do they even know no, about I you? Did, I did meet, uh, I met the lady. 
We took a picture together. Donatella? Yeah, I met Donatella. But what? it was like, I told her that my name was Kesachi, and then I showed her my Versace glasses, but I don't think she cared too much. No, right? <laughs> now she does. <laughs> I don't think she cared too much, but hey. Yeah, because, you know, the story with, uh, I had uh, Trevor from Gucci Ghost. Yeah. On, and, yeah, and how he was, uh, you know, reached out, how, how Gucci reached out to him when they found out that he was doing his version of the Gucci story and then eventually gave him a line officially to work with them. So yeah, that would be cool. Would you like good. something like that? Is that part of oh, your... Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. You know, just working. We were, I'm working towards it. Yeah, well, that's a, that's, a, that's a big question because you've done so many things already and obviously music is a big part of it and, that's, and they're all very creative endeavors that don't really end. But, you know, seeing how you like to keep changing gears... Do you feel like you've you've come to your point where you're satisfied, or you're no, still I, wanting to I'm, go further? No, I'm never I'm never satisfied. I want to always keep going and you know venture out into new things. So no, I would say I'm not satisfied, and you know I still have to keep going. And I'm also I'm also about to start dropping new music probably next month. Uh, I almost finished my tape. It's going to be called uh, King of Fun. As of right now, oh. it's going to be called King of Fun. So I shot uh, three music videos so far. So hopefully, you know, that'll, you know, bring things back to where they need to. Yeah, interesting that you gave it that name because one of the things I wanted to talk about was your sort of fun brand. When I look at your Instagram that's that's what I get from it. Like, here's a guy that's really out there having fun. Thank you. Yeah, that's like a really big thing for me. Like, it's it's not like ha having fun is so important because everything is so serious and and especially like you know music with everything that's going on. Like, if you're not having fun, like, then it starts to feel like a job. Hmm. So you see music as kind of a release from the stress of daily life, of the politics and social media harassment and all those other things people have to deal with. Yes, hundred percent. But where did you make your uh, music? Did you record it? Because uh, I know you also have. You're a New York kid. You spent a lot of time in Atlanta. Obviously, spending time in LA as well. What do you consider your home? At, and where did you make the music? Uh, New York is home, of course. Um, I made. I made. I might in at my friend John Hunter's house. That was uh, across the Tappan Zee Bridge. I, I forgot what the that, what the town was, but it was across the bridge. That's where I was recording most of my music. And then I started recording music with my best friend, Solo. So, yeah, I, I made most of my music in New York. And now and now I currently make majority of my music in Atlanta with uh, DJ Infamous. I, I see you've said that you're happiest when you're making music. Um, that, you know... It, supports a thought that I have, you know, the creative people are happiest when they're being creative. Yeah. Between that and like, you know, helping out with when smoke clears is, is a big stress reliever. A smoke clears is also has the same kind of, uh, release for you as music or is it a different side yeah. of the brain? Yeah. It's a, it's a different side of the brain, but it's like, you know, it's, it's the same, but different, if that makes sense. 
Well, how do how is it different and how is it the same? Well, the same is like when you finish when when I finish recording a song, I like to listen to it and like dissect it and like, you know, I'm happy with it. Once we're clear as we finish a piece, there could be something wrong with it, there could be something right with it, but it's still fire, you know what I mean? Yeah. And when in smoke clears you are you what's your role there? It's not so much a designer, right? You no, have a partner I, there? I do I do uh marketing and promotion and sometimes I'll pick out like colors and stuff and you know, we'll uh, be in group chats with like our distributors overseas and stuff. And and the social media too. Do you get involved yeah. with that? Because mm-hmm. you you wear the clothes and you represent it. Yes, sir. You know, I got it on me right now. And what are you? Are you looking for other people also? Are you trying to to get people to wear when smoke clears as well? That you run into in in your. Oh yeah, out, well, I'm, I'm I'm a affiliate, like you know, I, I'm a I'm the guy that talks to everybody, you know, from G Herbo, Young Thug, Coiler Ray, Lil Got It, Lil Keith, like I'm the one that like sparks these relationships because I'm always in these rooms. Yeah, and how do you, how do you get into these rooms? <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your history because you know having been at the right place at the right time. I know you started out skating and made a, got a little rep for that. Uh, you had your teen Vogue moment. Oh, 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 I was also on TV. I had a TV show called the two one two that like that like spoke about, uh, it was like me and four other people, four other people. It, it was like talking about the, com- like the New York city kids come up. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. I, I remember that. I remember yeah. seeing some of that. So wh- how old were you on that? I think that was like 2019. I was probably like oh. 22. Okay, so that came later. Yeah. I feel like every year of like my career, every single year I've done something like huge. Like it's always like, it's always like, like, like what's so much coming up? Like, like the billboard, the, the Teen Vogue, the the TV show, the you know what I'm saying, the Once More Clear's Fashion Week, like everything just keeps going up. Like, Wait, you it. said that your life is like a movie uh, sure in is. some respects. How is that? Because things just sort of keep happening, you yeah. know, as if it was a movie without like anybody really planning anything. Yeah, like some things just happen. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> that happened way too fast and then like you know the outcomes of certain situations whether it's drama whether it's good whether you know it's it's really a movie like some of these some of these things like it'll sound made up what are the things that stress you most typically in 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 your work mm, i think the 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 one thing that stresses me out is like pleasing others Worrying about everybody else's feelings around me. That stresses me out. Other right. than that, other That's than probably that, a good thing, it. though. That's a good thing to, to be stressed about because it's a good thing yeah, to, I, I, to worry about. I really care about the people around me and, like, you know, just making sure that everything is copacetic, you know? And then, like, when, when things start to shift, it, it you know, it, it kind of takes a toll on me because I feel like I always have to try to fix it, fix things. Yeah, I can relate to that. 
your things that happened with YouTube music was kind of crazy because it turned. That was that was that was crazy. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Well, tell us, you know, the story behind that. So, um, after my Teen Vogue thing, uh, the photographer for Teen Vogue was like, "Hey, like, don't you do music?" And I was like, "Yeah." She was like, "Do you want to do this YouTube campaign?" So I'm like, "Yeah, sure." She was like, "Yeah, gather like four of your friends." So I gather four of my friends. And they're like, make a song. So like me and my homie Solo, Dallas, uh, John Hunter, like everybody that like I hadn't like that was involved in the beginning stages of my music career, I had brought them with me. So I'm like, yeah, we about to get a check. Like, let's, you know, let's do this. So we do it. And next thing I know, I get a phone call. Like, and mind you, I just like, I might is like at a million something streams, you know, and like it really blew up. And then the next thing I know, I get a call like, yo, okay you know, you have a billboard in Chicago. So I'm like, Oh, like that's cool. Billboard in Chicago. That's cool. So then I get another call like, yo, you're on the billboard over here in LA. I'm like, Oh, you know, LA is cool. Like sick. <laughs> and then I'm and then I get a call like, yo, okay. Your billboard is across the street from the Calvin Klein billboard. And that's the second building, second biggest billboard in Soho at that time. Cause now they had built like a building in front of it. But yeah, I had like the second biggest billboard and that was crazy. So and, that and, and I was like, I was basically the face of YouTube music all around the nation. Yeah. Did you ever meet Lior Cohn? Yeah, I met the Corn. I met him once in passing. The, um, actually, when I first like when I first dropped that mic, uh, three hundred had reached out to me and I had a meeting with them, but I didn't saw him. Yeah. So, who's your label now? How does that work? I'm independent right now, but I'm I'm affiliated with um, DJ Infamous. He's a Ludacris's DJ, right? So right now, me and him are working something out. That should be cool. Yeah, it's going to be sick. It's going to be so much fun. You guys are, I can't wait to show y'all what, like what we're about to put out is crazy. Yeah. I, I can't wait, man. What about fashion week? Did you do that this year? Is that something yeah, that you we do? Did. So this year, this year, me and Thermal, we uh, showed our news collection and we rented like a, a truck, you know, the trucks with like the videos on it, like you could play, right. you could play videos on it. So, you know, because of COVID, you know, everything's kind of different now. So we had the truck pull up in front of Spring Studios because we did Spring Studios last year. But this year we were like, let's try something different. We rented the truck and had the film play outside of Spring Studios. Crowd went crazy. So it was kind of guerrilla. You just showed up. Yeah, super. Yeah. And did they give but you we were, But we were, it's not like we weren't on the, on the schedule, you know, we were on the schedule like officially but we were just like let's let's do like something that's never been done before and do you check out the shows as well of the other designers no nah, i'm not gonna no. hold you now <laughs> like <laughs> if i see if i see it on instagram yeah but i'm i really unless unless i've seen it on instagram or unless i'm invited to it i'm not really checking for it i feel like that's like i don't know I'm, i just don't really care to see that honestly like yeah, well, there's I a lot love, of waiting like around. Love, like I love, <laughs> like I love fashion and stuff, but like I just when it when it comes to like eyeing out things, like I would rather just like you know figure it out myself so that nobody's like, oh, well, he copied me. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, that's it makes sense. I think that's the same thing with music too. Well, you, I'm sure you, you don't listen to other music. You mean? I do when I'm in the car with like amongst friends and stuff. Like I, I hear all the new music, but I don't really like listen to a lot of new music. I really listen to like I've been listening to like Fifty Cent and stuff. Yeah, what is it about you and Fifty Cent? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Yo, I'm like, I, you know what it is. When I was in like the fourth grade, I think the fourth or third grade, my cousin had picked me up from camp and he had a G unit mixtape and he played it. And I was just like, yo, this is like the coolest thing ever. So then I just started looking up more about 50 Cent and I just, I don't know, I just really loved like, I loved like how, how he didn't care about anything. He was like, like he, he was on a mission. And he was so ambitious and nobody could stop him. And that's, that's like, I just wanted to be like that. You know, I wanted to be like on top, have a, have a cool click and like put all my friends on and like, yeah, I love 50 Cent. He's cool. And then I met him. I met him. I met him, uh, with a track. We were doing the fool's gold anniversary at, uh, Club Lust. Club Lust doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. But he, he, um, he was throwing money during my performance, but I didn't see it. I didn't <laughs> see. I didn't see it or notice it while I was performing. Cause like you know when when I perform, I kind of black out. Tunnel vision. Like I'm not really looking at anybody or anything. I'm just you know trying to get to you know trying to keep the the crowd going and stuff. But all of a sudden, I just see all this money getting thrown. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're throwing money. Cool. And then A-Track comes and gets me. And then, like, my friends are like, yo, 50 Cent is here. I was like, no <laughs> way. I was like, no way. Yeah. Sweet, I could've, yeah. I could have I cried, honestly. Did, did you see the Super Bowl with him and all? Yeah, I lost my mind. I, even, <laughs> yo, I, I, bought the, um, I bought the tank tops. <laughs> So I don't know if anybody I don't know if anybody else knows this, but Fifty Cent, like I guess I don't know if it was after the Super Bowl, but I went on the website and I seen that he dropped the tank tops. And honestly, I've been wanting one of them tank tops since I was like in the fourth grade. So <laughs> I had every G unit you could think of. I had T-shirts, I had sneakers, the Reebok sneakers. I had everything G unit. I, I found a bandana. Yeah. Since your closet it. must be crazy. Are you, you have your stuff where in New York City? Is that where uh, you live? I have my stuff all over the place. I'm not gonna lie. I have like stuff here in New York, and I have stuff in Atlanta. I might have some things in LA, but I try to make sure that I keep a a fair amount of fly things around me. Let's talk about New York a little, because I know you you've had you've lived in New York, right? You had an unfortunate fire in New York. Oh yeah, so. Uh, me and Thermal, we, so I think I moved, I moved, I kind of started bouncing around at 18 and I was just with Thermal and we had gotten a house in Yonkers. We had an apartment in Yonkers and <laughs> this is, um, this is before, I think this is before Margella came out with the, with the cracked paint. It's either before or around the same time, but Thermal had this bright idea to dip the chain in the same paint, but he left it near the stove. 
and the paint exploded and the gas was on and the whole kitchen went up in flames. It's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was, it was like, I remember being on the other side of the crib, like, holy shit, I think we're about to die. <laughs> oh, wait, really? I was like, yo, I think we're about to die. And then the sprinklers, the sprinkler system came on. Oh. I've never experienced something like that before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't want to, right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody because I mean, thank God it was just the kitchen and none of our clothes got ruined. But you know, it, it was it was definitely an experience. And and then what, you moved into Soho as well eventually, right? Yeah, we lived. You on became Mach part Street. of the downtown yeah. scene. You were doing parties, and I was at, I was actually on the downtown scene before I moved to the city. I was uh, hitching rides to the city with with my homies and taking the train, and you know, like some some nights when I didn't have a a, a, play, a, a ride home or I missed the train because the the Metro North stops at a certain time. And sometimes my parties would like go past two o'clock oh, in the morning. But at, like, imagine like sleeping at Grand Central with a pot with like four bands in your pocket. Like, <laughs> that's that's what you I had to do. I should have took a cab home. Oh, and the cab wasn't running. I should have took <laughs> a cab home, but the cab wasn't trying to take me home. Yet. The cab was like one fifty, and I was like, mm, I just wait till six in the morning. Is what you got to yeah. do, right? Yeah, I was, just, I was. I had to get these clothes. <laughs> Well, so what do you look up to in fashion now? Who do you uh, look up to? Mm. You mentioned Virgil earlier. Yeah, Virgil. Um, you know, big gap there. Obviously, brilliant man did yeah. so much, uh, not just for the fashion world, but just you know for the world in general. I feel you know opened up doors and opportunity and possibilities. Yeah, he definitely he's de he definitely has proven that. We could we could all do it, you know, if we put if we if you know we work hard enough. But did you um, feel like anyone can fill that void of of what of him? Or yeah, I feel like he had the right the right circle of people around him to fill that, you know, like Tremaine and like you know Kanye and you know there's just a bunch of solid people around him that know what they're doing. But, now Kanye you know, I, knows what he's doing. Okay. I would you, say I would I would like to, I would say so. Okay, he's, good. He, I mean, everybody might say he's crazy right now, but like, you gotta you gotta think about it like this: like heartbreaks, heartbreaks are no joke. And mm -hmm. this man has a whole family, so it's like you gotta kind of like look at it in the sense of like he's he's a real person and he has real emotions, and he's just trying to you know keep keep his keep his family together but it's just hard because he's so famous that everybody's in his business like this i'm not saying that no this, this is pretty normal to be honest because there's probably a family out there going through the same exact thing it's just not broadcasted yeah definitely and he i mean i give him complete respect for in so many ways obviously he got caught in the meat grinder of, of media and social media and all that stuff that you know keeps turning everything upside down and i don't know how he can do it uh at the level that he's doing it now yeah but so, uh to answer your question no i don't i don't really look i really don't look up to nobody besides for no? the <laughs> amazing 
That's a, that's a big big statement right there. I would say fifty percent and like my dad, but that's about it. That's as far as it gets. And uh, what did you think is a key success? If you were going to talk, you know, some of the young bloods coming up today, looking up to you, you're still young yourself, obviously, but you have already put in, you know, so many years here being in the, in the spotlight, you know, and there's other people looking up to you as well saying, gee, man, I wish I could be that. Yeah. Um, I would say the key to success is to, well, for one, don't give up sometimes it takes and don't give up don't get discouraged because some things happen faster for others than it does you know what i'm saying like some things happen faster for other people than it will for you so don't don't do that um and you know try not to try not to care too much about uh people's opinions because when you start to care about people's opinions and start comparing yourself to others it eats you up so that would be my advice. Keep it P. So you're still, I mean, in terms of you, things seem to have happened fast for you, as far as we I know. Mean, Others, kinda, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> kinda. I've been, I've been, I think I've been in this, in this for like over six years. Fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. I've been in this for like nine years. But at the same time, you you'd have some long-term goals too, right? Because you got this early success and attention, mm-hmm. but then you have your music, let's say, which you know yeah. is like an ongoing thing. It's not as easy to have the quick success um, yeah. and maintain it, right? Exactly. That's the second part. Exactly. Well, it's it's crazy to me because after after like my success in music, I had I had went into depression for like two years. So overcoming that. And then jumping right back into everything with, mind you, and I don't think anybody, only probably like two people knew I was going through a depression state because I also still had to, you know, m- maintain my image and stuff, but I wasn't really putting out any music or anything. I wasn't being consistent anymore. So now I'm like, that can better, but you know. Well, mental yeah. health is a big issue uh, today in the African-American community, in the sports world, you know, among people who weren't exactly, you know, the ones that are going to therapy for yeah. many years. And obviously- I didn't, I didn't really understand it. I didn't understand it. So I was just like, you know, trying to figure it out, figure myself out. Cause it, yeah, was, like, it, was, it was a really weird feeling. And it's good that you talk about it because, you know, it is a stigma for some still, you know, and people don't really want to admit that they have those feelings. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, it's not nothing to be ashamed of. It, right happens, it happens to all of us. Yeah. And obviously, it's also possible to come out the other side, right? Exactly. There's there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. So was there anything that got you out that, you know, that you could point to? Um, it was just time. Honestly, it was just a time. Like, just time time and surrounding myself around good people, good energy, people okay. that have my back and my best interests. There you go. I think that's that's a key right there. Good mm-hmm. people. Getting rid of the toxic ones around you. Exactly. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much, Kasachi, for sitting and speaking with me and, and, and sharing the way you have. Appreciate thank it. You, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. This is like the, the first interview I've had in years i don't really do interviews so thank you for 
thank you for having me. Yeah, my man. I so hope to run into you as well when, when I get my neck brace off. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay, bro. Take care. All right. You guys have a good day. You've been listening to Light Culture. You can find us at shopburb.com, Light Culture, or at Light Culture Podcast. Thanks again to Burb. You can follow them at shopburb on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to and review the show. If you would like to get in touch, reach out to me directly at David Reporting. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.